Hello, and welcome back to Law School Revealed. I'm your host, Shay Smock, coming to you once again from the beautiful Bloomington, Indiana at Indiana University's Mauer School of Law. Today's interview is with Dean Canada, Assistant Dean of Admissions at Mauer. And if you remember, he was one of the very first people I met when I came to visit campus. He's really special. He's a welcoming face. He's so easy to talk to. And that is one of the things I have noticed when I've gone to listen to really great speakers about the law or had conversations with people about the future of law. The ones who really are the easiest to talk to and most entertaining and make me remember a lot of things are usually people who work in the legal field but that do not have law degrees. Uh, there could be a lot of reasons for that. Some might be what law school does to you and others might be just the type of people who choose to go to Thank law school. Thank you so much for sitting we'll let you down, see what you think. Um, but Dean Canada is Without a my pleasure. Yes. You so can kind enjoy. of see me. I can see you. Just a little. <laughs> um, you have an awesome office. I do? Yeah, I like it. And all of these plants, you're bringing a little bit of California in. Uh, you know, I'll try, but it's not easy. I have to say, going on the road, I leave these to fend for themselves for periods of time I come back and they all look a little different. Thank you so much for sitting down, especially this early in the morning with your busy schedule. Without my glasses. Yes, and you mm. could kind of see me. I can see you, just a little. <laughs> um, you have an awesome office. I do? Yeah, I like it. And all of these plants, you're bringing a little bit of California in. Uh, you know, I'll try, but it's not easy. I have to say, going on the road, I leave these to fend for themselves for periods of time I come back and you're yeah. enjoying it so far your first semester as our assistant dean of admissions I have it's been uh, it's been quite nice but again it's amazing I, this has been true you know my previous institution I would welcome the students you know at orientation and see them maybe the first two weeks and then I'm on the road mm -hmm. and when I come back I see all those beautiful faces and now just their expression of stress and oh my gosh is the semester's already coming to an end and yeah, I've got five exams. It's a very different experience than, or it, it, I, I see something very different than when I saw when I left. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, now we're going, I can't believe you let me in here. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? No, I think uh, law school is definitely different. It's different yeah. than anything I've ever done before, but studying for finals, I think, is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like outlining, and I'm doing some cool Photoshop, like, maps to use. You so. know, you're <laughs> creative enough. It? it is. <laughs> you know, and I imagine it'd be very similar to preparing for a case, and the stress comes with the territory, and if you're not stressed out about it, then you're probably not going to be making as a stronger case. Unless, of course, if someone already, you know, is given, you know, they've already come clean, you know, and it's basically just sentencing. But, yeah, then there are other people. I just recognize the stress as part of the process. Um, in any case, for you, you're you're frolicking in your stress, and I like that, you yeah. know. I do. Good I think come from that. studying for it is almost like writing a dissertation on what the professor has told you for each class. Yeah. But they're not going to grade that dissertation. And then what you do with that dissertation on the final exam, which is nice, because yeah. you put whatever you want in there. Yeah, <laughs> well, you've gone through the rigmarole. You've gone all the way, so <laughs> you'd know. Yeah. Well, you, you want to start with our first question? Okay, sure. Okay, so we're asking, I'm asking the same questions of everyone, okay, professors, sure. students. Mm -hmm. In as much detail as you want to go into, what was your journey to Mauer? 
Wow, my journey to Mauer. <laughs> Let me see. Well, it started, of course, with my interview. But I, I, you know, when I think about my journey to Mauer, it's hard for me to think of the three days I spent with my cat in a car without air conditioning, driving about 15 miles, I mean, 15 hours uh, a day from San Francisco, California to uh, Bloomington, Indiana. That was my first trip, if you will, to Mauer. Um, so it has been relatively recently. I, I only started here in July, um, uh, and I've already seen many faces of the law school. The seasons here give me a very different sense of time than the, you know, how it was out in California. But, but it's it was been so mild. It, it practically it, is California. It is. You know, today might <laughs> be an exception, frost. and yeah. I think that they run this room pretty hot because I have this nice thick sweater. I don't want to take it off, but <laughs> I'm starting to sweat. Or it might be the just the nerves of the interview. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's been, it hasn't been that long ago that I started here and, you know, one of the things I found in the short time that I've been here is just how incredibly friendly um, everyone has been at this law school. I kind of expected that there's this kind of, the stereotype of the Midwest friendly, which I could appreciate coming from Virginia, uh, where you have Southern hospitality, but it's palpable, uh, whether it be the students the dean, uh, the faculty members. It's a it's an incredibly friendly law school. Yeah. Still learning though. Who knows? I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop. <laughs> no, you don't need to. I, that's how I felt at first too. And I was like, maybe when I get my finals grades, that will <laughs> That's <finish>. right. <laughs> Behind that smile lurks yes. a, a sinister human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before you were here, mm -hmm. you were at San. Oh, I was at UC Hastings uh, College of the Law. It's uh, well, it's it's the first law school of California of the University of California system. So it's kind of interesting coming to Mauer. Uh, one of the, this law school has been just been it's been a series of uh, points of amazement. I'm like, my gosh, really? You got to be kidding me! Really, really? Um, I've been told that this law school, in many ways, was kind of a quiet gem. It was a, a, somewhat of a secret gem. There are all these great things happening here at this law school, but you know, especially if you're from the coast, you think of this country as simply being a coast. Um, you don't really take too much time, you know, uh, thinking about what's going on here in the Midwest. But like Hastings, which had been the first law school of the American West, it, I was amazed to find out that this was the ninth oldest law school in the country. Um, so I find myself gravitating to law schools with deep histories. Um, but yeah, I was at UC Hastings for about 10 years before uh, picking up and moving uh, to Indiana with my wife and kids. Okay, so you're one of, actually you're not one of the few, that most of the people that are employed come from legal backgrounds mm -hmm. and then, That's I don't right. know, didn't like practicing, That's came right. into academia. Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool to have a mix of people that didn't come from that background. Sure. So what led you into, were you in admissions prior outside of law? Or yeah, okay. yeah, I mean, I guess the... Uh, there are a couple of streams that led me to this river. Um, one being that I had worked in undergraduate and graduate admissions for quite a long time. And when you do graduate admissions, oftentimes you're crossing paths with people who work at law schools. And I ended up becoming a good friend with someone who worked at UC Hastings and then moved on to Golden Gate Law School, which is right down the road. And she encouraged me to consider uh, looking at a position at UC Hastings, mainly because she saw also my academic background, and I guess this is the other stream that feeds into this river, is that when I was a graduate student, it happened to be that my mentor at the time was becoming very interested in the philosophy of law, and I ended up auditing a course in the philosophy of law right before I left Boston to move to San Francisco. So it kind of all kind of came together 
uh, in taking this job at uh, UC Hastings. Uh, and I took it upon myself that while I never sat down and you know plowed through case books, uh, I took this opportunity working in law school admissions to um, further explore uh, jurisprudence and legal philosophy. So as you can look around the office, you can see that it's been a eight or nine years of uh, kind of self-study. Light uh, reading there. Light yeah. reading. Yeah, most professors even now when they look at what I'm reading, they just think I'm crazy because <laughs> even they don't read this stuff. Um, but it's a, it's an itch that I'll never scratch. And I think, again, I think at some point in one's intellectual journeys, you become, you know, autodidactic. Um, and, uh, you know, I've taken that opportunity or, uh, you know, I've reached a level where I feel like I can explore these concepts and so forth. And it's interesting because when I'm talking to prospective students, prospective law students, this is when they're most philosophical about the law. Right. Uh, and they're most aspirational. Uh, obviously, once they get into, you know, learning the language and really kind of beaten down through the discipline of, of, of legal education, uh, they kind of lose that. And there are the faculty members saying, I just want to teach you, you know, uh, the significance of this case, not you know, the social and cultural implications or whether or not you think this fits the Rawlsian notions of distributive justice or not. Um, that's not part of the conversation. However, it's very much part of the conversations I have with many of the prospective students, and they get turned on by it. Uh, and it's also a way for me to continue my own education, but this, in this manner, more through conversation than simply engaging a text. I feel like it is. It's a lot easier to be a lifelong learner if you're already in a university setting. You know, in this university in particular, uh, one thing that really struck me was how beautiful this campuses and the way the architecture of the buildings uh, speaks to me it, it, it's aspirational uh, it makes me want to pick up a book it makes me want to go into the library or explore new ideas and I think that's one of the great benefits of being uh, at a law school on a you know a, a you know a university like Indiana University just an incredible place to take part in the intellectual life and uh, it's uh, you know uh, on a day like this, I feel like going out and walking through Dun Meadows with a book in hand or just, you know, scratching my chin and thinking deep thoughts. It's uh, I'll look it's for you in the gazebo. <laughs> <Yeah. coffee. laughs> I may end up walking off the path, you know, the proverbial, you know, thinker who's too much in the, yes. in the into the clouds who falls down the well. <laughs> well, that leads me to my next question is, what do you think about living in Bloomington? You're originally from the South, right? And then Boston, San Francisco, now Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah, I've been around. Um, well, one thing's people, when I tell people I've moved from the Bay Area to Bloomington, they're like, oh my gosh, you must be going back in time, or oh, you're in a small town, You, this really must be cultural shock for you. And I couldn't think anything further from the truth. For one thing, of course, having a family changes quite a bit uh, what's important, and that was probably one of the things that attracted my candidacy, uh, why I became why I was an attractive candidate is that, oh, well, this guy's got a family. This is a, an incredible place to raise a family. And I've been, I've witnessed that uh, each and every day. Uh, the life of a parent is much easier here than it is um, in the Bay Area, which has become quite a grind. But beyond that, uh, this is a, a, to me, I find Bloomington to be incredibly progressive socially, um, whether it be from you know, LGBTQ rights uh, and issues around um, you know, uh, you know, same-sex marriage to issues around the environment, 
to issues around uh, even the farm to table movement. Mm -hmm. um, you see it even the food, the farmers market. There was an incredible farmers market right outside the law school at, at Hastings, and I was I was really I was lamenting the idea that I would never be able to go get fresh produce that easily. And nothing could be further from the truth. The farmers market here in Bloomington is one that people throughout the state come to, and it's kind of a social gathering as well. Uh, so I find a lot of parallels between kind of the life of, of the you know the kind of cultural life of the Bay Area. Uh, and Bloomington. Uh, what I don't miss, of course, is the traffic, the cost of living. Um, you know, there there are a lot of things. I when I was back there this past fall, I'm going. I'm saying to myself, uh, I'm so glad we made this move. And I actually think that some of my friends in the Bay, after hearing how life has been for us here, are going. Maybe we should consider Bloomington. So I, I have found it to be, you know, somewhat cosmopolitan. I know it's kind of weird to think of a uh, kind of a small city in terms of being cosm you know, cosmopolitan. But people here, I feel, really do have a global outlook. Uh, um, what goes, you know, what matters is more than what's, you know, just, you know, what's at one's door or at what at one at at one's feet. Uh, I find that to be a very common parallel. And then you have the technological, you know, parks, and that, you know, uh, that also speaks to the kind of a similarity between the two. Um, but you know, as I was, I was joking, wait until March after I've experienced a winter here, and uh, my take on Bloomington might be slightly different. Well, I think you're going to be lucky because the farmer's almanac says this is going to be very mild <laughs> this year, and it That's sure what you're seems saying. like it's right so, so far, far so good. You know, so far so good. I just hope the folks in California get the rain. Um, that was one of the big <laughs> things too. left there, and it was becoming a drought. Yeah. But um, you know, it's it's been it, this has been an incredible journey, and. Uh, my wife and I couldn't be happier being here and for reasons not only because Bloomington is such a great place um, and people are getting very friendly there's an ease to life that we desperately missed when we were in the Bay Area but as I mentioned as well the community around this law school and this university is palpable and um, it's amazing just how much support this university gets from uh, the state of Indiana, the people of Indiana, but how much support this law school in turn gets from the university. Um, having a chance to meet Lauren Rebell has just been wonderful. She comes at things with incredible heart and that's not what I typically would expect from someone of her of her position but I think that this is kind of indicative of how a lot of people operate here yeah you're uh, not gonna make it here if you aren't like that right right it's just, you won't fit in and like it if you know <laughs> yeah and then you know you may go check yourself because there's something ain't right <laughs> <laughs> when I told professors I had to do a podcast there were a, there was no one had a list of questions they were just okay yes <laughs> sure. yes and I've noticed as well um in terms of their willingness to help the admissions office, talk to students. Um, you know, at every law school you're going to have a handful of faculty members who, you know, will be the go-tos. They will be the ones because, you know, everyone else has got other things they're doing or they just don't really care. Um, you know, while I'm sure that exists here um, at Mauer, I see, it seems like the majority of the faculty tend to, you know, fit that bill of being people who are, uh, you know, ready and able to talk to a prospective student when the time calls. Uh, and that says a lot about what they think about the law school. It also speaks to the personal nature um, uh, that many of our incoming students talk about as to why they chose this law school over others. Mm -hmm. 
it does seem like having a law degree is almost like entering this really awesome fraternity or sorority without the bad stuff. That's <laughs> They're right. They're just all there to help you. That's right. You know, and, and it kind of goes back to a little bit about, you know, talking about my own background. I, I appreciate the fact that you know, people, a lot of people in my position do have JDs because this is, this is an apprenticeship. This is kind of a guild. And the entranceway to the guild and to the practice and to the craft usually um, is held, you know, the gatekeepers are people who participate in that craft. Um, so I'm, I'm so glad that uh, they've decided to look at alternative opportunities for uh, people with, without law degrees. Yeah, I don't know that you're necessarily alternative. I think you're probably <laughs> extremely well qualified. But, well, yeah. we'll see after this first year. <laughs> <I guess so. laughs> okay, so the final question. Mm -hmm. Well, almost. What do you think, um, if your experience, either at Mauer or just as you are admissions, basically, what would the soundtrack be to admissions? Oh, for Mauer? Oh gee. Well, I mean, I my, I mean, my first thought was Job Mellencamp. I figured that's that's <laughs> got to be probably you know right at this point. Oh. I was just hating my life and I was yeah. like, I've got to come up with a new plan yes. and take control of this. Yes. And I thought, maybe I'll go to law school. Yes, <laughs> so I'm glad you did. I, I yeah. called here and they said, we're going to take rolling admissions. Yes. And I checked into the LSAT and there was availability and I said, let's just do it. Yeah. I had um, a couple of months there to prepare. And mm. I, what would you tell someone who didn't know what to do and really didn't have anyone to talk to about, I, I knew one attorney and that was it. Yeah, well, I, I think one of the things that's so important um, to be an attorney before you become an attorney, and what I mean by that is one characteristic, one defining characteristic of an attorney is someone who's investigative, who's fact-finding. Um, when you're trying to make this very important decision in your life, I think it's important that you be as investigative as possible, uh, that you be a fact finder, and you do your due diligence in terms of finding as many people who might be able to provide some insight about what the life of an attorney uh, entails. This requires a lot of time. I, you know, you didn't give yourself as much time, but you also are a little older than uh, some of the students who are coming right out of college. and. They really have no idea. And, and, and I knew where I wanted to go. Yeah, and I think you did. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, while it seemed pretty quick, it all made sense. Mm -hmm. Looking at your application and now seeing you, you know, how you're talking about how you're preparing for exams. I think you've definitely found your, your, your element. But, you know, I oftentimes say you really take the time to explore. You, there's no rush. Um, you're talking about jumping on a train that's going to take you through the rest of your professional life. You know, so before you realize, you know, before you make that decision, I think, t take the time. Uh, it will be well worth it. I, I, my, in my humble opinion, a lot of the unhappiness that people find within the legal profession comes to a large extent because they did not take the time to really understand, A, what law school would require, but more importantly, what the life of an attorney would require of them. Uh, they, they might have been simply a default position. The last thing you would want, the last thing we, we would want in the admissions office is to see uh, students we worked with, uh, prospective students we worked with who, you know, three or four years down the road just really hate what they're doing and feel like they made a terrible decision. 
um, I, to, my, to the best that I can, would like to weed people out the application process who did not really have authentic reasons for embarking upon this major journey. So my, my biggest recommendation is really twofold. One, to do an incredible internal audit of oneself. Uh, I think the decision or the thought of going to law school should incite you know, some serious soul searching. Uh, two, once you start developing some sense that this is what you are meant to do, and I and underline meant to do as opposed to simply what you want to do, I feel this, the, the best law students and the best attorneys really feel like they're answering a calling. Once you come to that realization that this is actually what you were meant to do, uh, then it requires some sense about what kind of environment you see yourself thriving in. Uh, while most law schools, while the, I say the DNA makeup of law schools is like that of other human beings, we're 99.99% the same. Uh, uh, and even what happens on one law school, if it's a great idea, it will not be kept that the law school will carry over. So you find incredible similarities amongst all ABA credit law schools. It's really incumbent upon the student once she realizes that she wants to embark upon legal education, become a attorney, to find that kind of environment. And so you have to know thyself. I mean, the most important philosophical dictum coming out of Socrates is to know thyself. And I think this uh, application process really should invite these students to start thinking more closely about what kind of environment. Because when I was working at UC Hastings, it was a standalone law school in an urban environment. That turned a lot of people on. They didn't want to be on a college campus any longer. They really, really wanted to be where the action was at, um, so to speak. But then there's incredible draw to being on, on a college campus law school like the one we're at now where there's an opportunity not to be distracted by the stresses of urban life where you can really kind of you know sit and really focus at the good work, uh, intellectual work at hand, but at the same time having access to the commercial and civic life of, of this town. Um, you know, I, you know, so it really is about taking the time to find that, 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 uh, that place uh, where you will, uh, will take, where you know, I think you will take root. So take time to understand about yourself and also understanding more about what's out there and then, you know, in that application process, try to line the two up. I think that's great advice. And it was when I came here and visited that I had that feeling. Like I was in the car with teary-eyed calling my mom, like, I belong somewhere. This is exactly where I need to be. I felt that too when you came here. Yeah, I loved it so much. And then I could think that's true, like if you don't, think about you just going to law school because your family wanted you to or it was expected of you, um, I think you'd have a very different experience because when I came in, it is you're fully immersed and there's all this talk of professionalism and things that luckily I held on to and loved and so law school is almost like a warm blanket on everything I wanted out of life, yes. whereas if that's not what you want, I can see how you would have this kind of a horrible beginning experience. Yes. You're immersed. <laughs> yes, you know, and I realize some students don't have that choice. They, you know, the parents paid for college, and now their parents were fortunate enough to pay for college. And now that they're on the end of their undergraduate career, it's like, okay, what are you going to do now? Okay. And it's that kind of pressure uh, that forces some students into making some, dis you know, uh, hasty decisions. Um, to the extent that we can, you know, you know curtail that, you know, we would like to do our best because I think that the legal profession in the end would be much better off by having people who really generally feel like they're meant to be there. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's my last question. Thank you so much, Dean Canada. I know my you're pleasure. busy. My <laughs> you pleasure. You great. 
Well, that was the shining star of our admissions department, Dean Canada. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay revealing. Small town, and people let me be just what I want.